What is up, CFC fans? Thanks for tuning in to the Holy City Hoops podcast. Cougars coming off a 2-0 week, two feel-good wins at that. I am recording this Sunday night. Famir Ali hits the game winner at the 6 to give a very shorthanded Charleston team a hard-earned victory. Man, that felt good. So we have lots to talk about today. Joining me on the show is a good friend of the podcast and one of the folks who helps put the broadcast together every game. Shea Santor is joining us. We give some kind of rapid reactions to this Presbyterian win, and we have to go back to the Tulane game as well, even though it feels like forever ago, but a really solid full-team effort against the Green Wave to pick up a road victory last week. Two game recaps, and then I kept Shea around because... I want to get the student's perspective on everything going on. What's it like to be a student today and watching a whole new roster of basketball players, a brand new team, a brand new coaching staff, a brand new style of play? Uh, so stick around for that. It's cool to, uh, to catch up with Shay on a topic like that one. As always, please subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. Chat with us anytime on social at Holy City Hoops. Let's get into it. All right, Holy City Hoops listeners, joining me today on the pod from the Charleston Sports Network, our friend, Shay Santor is back. How are you doing, Shay? Good. How about y'all? We are doing well, man. Glad to escape today with a victory. We are, yes. we are recording this in the wake of the Presbyterian game. You were in the building for that, and I think we are both feeling a sense of relief. Yes, definitely. I feel like this team is putting years on my life that should not, <laughs> should not be happening, but hey. I'm glad we pulled out a big gutsy win today. Gutsy's the right word. Gutsy's the right yeah. word. And and we'll talk more about this. I, I was looking back at the Tulane game and there's some similarities that I wanna I wanna talk about with you, especially with Famir mm-hmm. Ali kind of closing things out. But I know it's exam week. Are you done with exams or are you procrastinating right now? Yeah, I got my exams done Friday. So Friday at noon I submitted my last exam and I'm okay. officially done with my first semester as a senior. So it's pretty exciting. Good. I'm glad I'm not holding you back academically. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's let's talk about Tulane first. This was the earlier game in the week. I know you were watching it because you were live tweeting it along with me yep. during the Babacar Phi dunks and, and all the other fun stuff that happened. But just to go back uh, for anyone who didn't catch this one on ESPN Plus, Charleston uh, in their rematch with the Green Wave walks away with an 86-72 win. Great job from the Cougars to just not hang their heads after a really tough loss to Furman a few days prior. It's something I was worried about. Um, but they yeah. come in, they take care of business on the road and put away Tulane for the second time to, to get the sweep. But what do you think of this game? This game it is a lot better from what the Tulane game at home was. I, I think a lot better. I think Pat Kelsey and this whole coaching staff sat down with the players, looked at that game from against Tulane at home and really – air down what needed to be fixed in this game and it showed as we had six players in double digits in this game which was huge yeah six guys in double digits i think nine guys scored so really nine guys yeah really even scoring throughout Uh, i should mention right before this game tipped off we saw that jalen cook who put it on charleston in that first game at td arena i think he scored 18 he was out with a hamstring injury so tulane was a little bit limited but you're hoping not to get a letdown in this one. And as you saw from the box score, every Charleston player who saw the court contributed something. Uh, we did see a, a change to the starting lineup, which I yep. should mention. Osinachi Smart getting the start for Ben Burnham. And I thought Osi put in some good minutes. He did, yeah. Nine minutes, three for four shooting. 
five rebounds and just an overall great game from six points for the yeah. big man. Yeah, he chipped in when Charleston needed it, provided kind of a, a physical presence for them. Yeah. Charleston actually goes down 34-30 at the half. Mm-hmm. Um, they played a little sloppy to start, typical of, of maybe uh, a team playing on the road or maybe it was the beginning of exams. Weird stuff tends to happen this time of year. And we'll yeah. talk about that more with the game today. But yeah. uh, a little bit sloppy. I think they were one for two for 11 from behind their arc in the first half. They had a bunch of turnovers. They put Tulane on the line way too many times. Tulane was getting easy buckets. And Tulane was just kind of hitting jump shots that I thought were, were pretty well defended. Uh, but yeah. to Charleston's credit, they turn it around the second half. One guy that I think bears mentioning here to, to starting that run was Raekwon Horton. Yeah, Raekwon. Yeah, definitely. He goes on a 5-0 run. What did you, you see from him during that stretch? 5-0. Well, I wasn't really watching during that time. I was actually on a FaceTime with my friend. But when I turned back in the game, I saw it was a two-point game. I was like, oh, wow. Like, what happened? And I saw on Twitter that Raekwon had a 5-0 run. I was like, oh, wow, that's huge. So definitely Raekwon off the bench with those five points really helped us keep it close in that second half and then ultimately pull away. Yeah, I don't know what it was about him. I mean, he he got an and one, and then I think he got another layup to fall. But something about yeah. him kind of taking the reins and, and doing something, I think, energized the team. Because after that, Rain Smith started hitting shots that he hadn't hit in the first half. He ends up with a team-high 15, which is crazy because it was a pretty quiet game for him. Otherwise, was, yeah. I think I think Joe Wright said on Twitter he was like, "It was an off night for Rain, and he still put in 15 points pretty easily." Yeah, he shot four for ten, which is not that good, really. And three of those shots were threes that made it. Yeah, definitely an off game for them there. And uh, your boy Babakar Fai, who I know yeah. you were you were pretty hyped about during the game. He has a career high ten points for him. He goes. He was perfect from the field, I think. Right. Yeah, four for four, two for two on free throws. So. 10 points right there. That's solid. And the dunk. Yeah, and, and the nice dunk, dunk there to seal it, you know? Yeah. Got to yeah. put him away. Well, yeah, let, well, let's talk about what happened down the stretch because that's kind of been the thorn in the Cougars' side the, the last couple games. They go up double digits, and it comes down to closing time. You know, Famir and Demetrius Underwood have been a little bit shaky. Famir Ali hits a trio of three-pointers late in the game mm-hmm. that just blew this game wide open. And even though Tulane had another little run in them, just like they did at TD Arena, Famir mm-hmm. Ali kind of shut the door on that. I think Charleston went up 17 or 18, and it was just an, an insurmountable lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cougars walk out with the win. Again, just really good for them to not hang their heads after after that Furman game. I thought it was a really... The previous podcast, we talked about how this game would, would be indicative of where they were mentally. So just good for yeah. them to, to not even have it come down to to crunch time they won the rebounding battle in this one 40 to 29 they had a positive assist to turnover ratio 21 assists even though they had 18 turnovers yeah uh, anything else from this one that that stood out to you like you said 80 percent from free for line that's phenomenal 37 percent from three decent as a team but 51 percent as a whole as a team great win you know especially in a tough two lane coming off a very tough loss at Berman you think that it'd be a struggle fest for us in this game, but surprisingly, we came out in the second half shooting, came out great. We outscored them 18 points in that second half to really yeah. ice it. Some, some some things at the end we could fix is definitely closing out, like especially if they like full court press. I think that's our biggest weakness. If a team is a full court press on us, it really 
makes us kind of struggle with our mm-hmm. players, especially with Famir. But I think what Famir did at the end of the game with those threes really helped him get this big win at Tulane. He picked a good time to get hot from three. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he, had, he had kind of struggled throughout the year from, from behind the arc. And yeah. he hit one that made me feel pretty good. I think it was kind of gave me a sigh of relief. And then he hit the two others that were just yeah. the cherry on top. Always good to get a win on the road, a win over the AAC. You don't let Tulane get their revenge. All in all, a good time. After this game finishes, some news comes out that Tulane has some COVID cases. I think they're still on pause. So yep. my immediate thought was, oh, geez, I hope Charleston doesn't have any outbreaks because Tulane is a team we've played twice recently. Yes. You and I were chatting before the Presbyterian game, and you were the one, since you were at the game, who was like, uh, some guys might not be playing today. Yes. And my first thought was like, oh, crap, it's a COVID outbreak on the Cougars. It ends up not being COVID, but Charleston's entire front court is missing for this Presbyterian game. And and Charleston was favored in this one, but you take away their starting small forward, their starting power forward, and their starting center. So that's Fi, Meeks, and Smart. Dalton Bolin's already out. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this might be a, a game the Cougars have a tougher time with. What was going through your head as you started to see the uh, the injury report on this one? Well, I saw Meeks at first. He was out shooting around. I was like, okay. So, And I heard from people that he was questionable for the game. So I thought, okay, maybe he was going to go shoot around, see how he was. And then that's what ultimately happened. He went back to the locker room, did not come out with the players in the tunnel, and then ultimately came out in street clothes with a boot on. I assume this is all injuries from practice, which is his minor injuries, hopefully. All three players, so Babakar, OC, and, and John Meeks, all had boots on, so it must have been lower lower injuries in the leg. So hopefully they're not major injuries because definitely we need these three buys, especially with the Stetson game coming up and the Rhode Island game, big games, non-conference games. So hopefully they can come back and get us some, some big wins because definitely without those three, the rebound battle in this game was atrocious for us. <laughs> we, we got out-rebounded, I think, by 12. So it's not it's not a good thing to have but hopefully like i said get these boys back out and get some more wins here seven and three after today which is great so when you were watching warm-ups meeks did not have the boot on is that what you're saying meeks did not yeah meeks okay. did not have the boot on he was shooting i think okay. it was just a, a, a game time decision for the coaches there man what are the guys doing in practice are they playing like full tackle football why how did three big know, guys man, get hurt? But- but seeing Pat Kelsey and his energy, I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing like some yeah. Oklahoma drills or something in there to get those boys hyped up. But but definitely, it's it's a bummer that we can have him today. Yeah, so you're missing John Meeks, who might be your best player. He's right up there at the top scoring for the team with Rain Smith. And like you mentioned, you take away Fi and Smart. Those are two big-time rebounders. Yes. And it's tough enough to not have those guys. But Presbyterian... Coached by Quentin Farrell, this guy who was a longtime assistant under Coach Grant. We know how Coach Grant wanted to play, which was defend and rebound. And mm-hmm. now you take away some rebounders, and again, it, it gets a little dicey. So credit to the Cougs for pulling out a victory. I think even if, I mean, Jordan Seachin played in this game. A, yes. walk, a walk-on for the Cougars had to play significant minutes. I mm-hmm. think even if you're playing the worst team in Division I basketball, William & Mary, if, even if you're mm-hmm. playing the worst t- team in Division One basketball, 
if you're playing walk-ons <laughs> significant minutes yeah it's a it's a good good to walk out of there with a win so exactly i think you can not live with the loss but you can attribute the loss to missing your best player and yeah two other starters three out of your five mm. stars were out yeah but really really sweet to get this win um mm-hmm. let's start wherever you want to start with this one what would you see on the court today very it was decent how we played, especially about those three guys. It was just a lot of a lot of miscues that happened there and a lot of fouls in the first half. I think there was in total, I think, 14 fouls in that first half, which was – I think it took like from the under 12 minutes to under 8 uh, media timeout. I think it probably took us like 10 minutes for that. So that's a pretty long time and not having a like a downtime. But overall, I think we played great this game. You know, we had to go deep in our lineup. Like you said, we started, we played Jordan Seekin, and he, he had a big three in the first half. That really Hit a three, there. didn't make any mistakes. Yeah, it, it was a big three that got the crowd roaring in uh, TD Arena. But overall, I think my the biggest players that stepped up this game was Brendan Tucker and Fumir Ali. Brendan Tucker yeah. had a season high 23, you know. I've always been a fan of Brendan Tucker, even during the Earl Grant era. I think he's a phenomenal player, and he showed it today, you know. One of the only players left from Coach Grant's roster, and he came out and shot 8 for 13, 3 from 4 from 3 point, and got 23 points. And then Famir Ali had a had an off day today. Him and uh, Rain Smith, you know, combined they had 2 for 21 shooting, which is not the best. Not but the best at all, no. <laughs> Famir Ali, those two field goals really – Ice the game, you know, in overtime, especially if that clutch way up. Yeah, which which you got some good uh you got some good footage of as yes, on, on camera did. two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Camera two, I got the the highlight shot him draining that pretty tough way up too on the on the defender yeah. that was a, a bit bigger than him. So I'm glad we pulled out a gutsy win right here. But you know, I think if we had those three starters with uh Meeks, uh, OC, and Babakar, I think this would have been a, a bigger win for us. But I'll take the win, gutsy win, and we're 7-3. and three. If the team is fully healthy, Jordan Seachin maybe gets on the court, but because Charleston's up 25 with like two minutes left, and, and he yeah, comes exactly. in with the other walk-ons. Exactly. Um, yeah, I want to I wanna put a pin in the Famir Ali conversation because he came, he came up clutch down the stretch, and, and we, I yes. want to talk more about that, but... Yeah, Brendan Tucker really stepped up. His first start of the year really showed why he's a starting caliber player. Yep. This season high in points, just really under control, knew when to take a three, knew when to take it to the rack. Got yep. Charleston like back tied, in, I think, in overtime or late in regulation a couple times. Yeah, late in regulation, I believe. It was like a minute left. He drained the three to tie it. So he hit, Yeah, he hits yeah. the big bank shot three. He dusts Trayvon Reddish, former Charleston player, on the on the perimeter for a lay-in that I think tied the game up or, or gave Charleston yeah. a lead. It's really, really clutch from him. And I, a guy you didn't mention, uh, Nick Farrar, I thought played yes. great. You know, with mm-hmm. O.C. and Meeks and Fi all out and Lampton fouls out, needed Nick Farrar, and he came up big. He had 14 points in his first career start, uh, five yeah. for eight from the field, hit some Hit, hit his first two threes of his career. Yeah. I think I don't think he had hit one to date. The rainbow threes, the ones that like almost touched the rafters, uh, and then two for two from the line. So fourteen points for him. Needed every single one of them. Needed all three points from Jordan Seachin. Guys really stepped up, and we should talk about Rain's struggles. Um, yeah. With without Meeks, especially this Charleston team is a lot easier to defend. You just mm-hmm. focus on Rain Smith and you say, hey, I'm going to make the rest of the team 
beat us. And yeah. Rain really struggled. He only had two points, no made field goals. He made two free throws. He was, what, 0 for 6 from the field, 0 for 5 from 3, two turnovers, one assist, one steal. So not his night. And I think Presbyterian did a really good job of defending him. But one thing Pat Kelsey said post game was he still helps us because him pulling defenders out opens everything up, like opens up driving mm-hmm. lanes for Brendan Tucker, opens up driving lanes for Underwood and Ali, and yeah. opens up space for like Lampton to, to dunk some stuff home and for Ferrar to score inside. So yeah, even though it didn't yeah. show in the stat sheet, Rain, you know, contributes to a win. But uh, do you have any, any thoughts on, on the way Smith played? I mean, 36 minutes, zero for six, zero for five from three. He took some some pretty rough shots, I have to say, throughout the game. He's he maybe took pressing some, like, a little bit. Yeah, heat checks here and there. But, I mean, when you have a defender on you like that, and it helped us out a lot because he would pass out to, like, Demetrius Underwood or, like, Samir Ali, and then they would be able to, like, drive to the lane and then score easily because Rain would get, like, doubles or even, like, severe press on him. So he would pass out and give it to – Demetrius or like Famir or um, Brendan Tucker, and they would just drive in the lane and get a pretty decent layup. So, like you said, even though it doesn't show in the stat sheet, he did a great job with us today, even though he only had two points. 36 minutes is a lot. I didn't realize it, it was, is. Yeah. It was, it was that many. The most in the team. Yeah. That's, that's hard to believe. The word that came to mind for me was just discombobulated. And I think that's yes. new starters guys in different roles, guys in bigger roles. We saw a couple times, you know, players running into each other and turning the ball over. We saw on the fast break, Charleston wasn't scoring because I don't think they knew, like, who was going to be where. Like, yeah, guys would run to the corner when they were maybe supposed to, like, fill the lane or vice versa. And yeah, Charleston just, or guys, like, couldn't communicate on, on defense. So we just saw a lot of discombobulated play because of these late injuries, I think, and, and guys having to play in uncomfortable uh positions yeah positions so how many times did you think charleston was going to lose this game i'm interested probably <laughs> to... i don't know i i would probably say five times in this game especially all in the second half i think it really really came down i got my blood pressure rolling that's why i call the charleston cougars cardiac cougs, cardiac cougs. they'll make you sweat these these boys yeah they get your heart rate rolling. Oh man, just wait, just wait until you're an alum like me, and you have to tune in, and you're yeah. like, oh god, I need heart medication to watch this team play. Yeah, exactly. Um, your your heart's still healthy enough to for Charleston basketball. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple plays where you know Charleston like throws up an ugly shot, or and credit to Presbyterian again, like the Earl Grant defense, it definitely looked familiar. I don't know if it looked familiar to you because you watch a lot of these it Earl did, Grant yes. teams, like suffocating defense forcing teams to take bad shots and then pc would just get like a run out and a layup or they get a three yeah or whatever and they had they had their opportunities to win this one i think presbyterian is maybe oh yeah kicking themselves a little bit especially the last possessions of i think regulation when they forced up some bad shots and then demetrius underwood misses the game winner regulation and and they take it the other way and almost hit a three at the buzzer that would have won it for them um, they score the first couple points of overtime, and yeah, I, you said five times. I I think maybe eleven or twelve times. I thought Charleston was yeah. was going to lose this <laughs> lose this game. Yeah, but West Virginia, like you said, they had a lot of miscues with, uh, especially down in overtime. They had I remember one pass. They were trying to like pass it to that Will Hill or whatever his name is, and um, he just he would like lose the ball and get get a turnover and it'd be Charleston ball and it'd just be 
stupid uh, miscues like that. Even Charles had stupid miscues like that for bad passes. Yep. They couldn't like. I think just the new lineup. I think maybe these injuries are recent. Hopefully not. Hopefully they came earlier in the week. Made the players kind of confused of where, like, what to do, like how to who to pass to, like who to like shoot and all that. I think it. It seemed like some guys were were kind of tentative to shoot too. I I, I saw. I mean, Brendan Tucker got his points, but him and Burnham a couple times seemed like they, you know, had an open yeah, shot but wouldn't take it. Yeah. 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 I know. So that that comes with um you know your go to guy Meeks not being there or Rain Smith you know not being open. Well, let's come back. Let's come back to Famir Ali. He plays hero in this game. Yeah. He goes 0 for 12 from the field to start. Just absolutely not his night. I got blocked a couple times. Uh, I think airballed a shot. And I think it was in overtime or in regulation when he checks out and Pat Kelsey gives him a pep talk and was like, keep your chin up, you know, keep your head high. Yeah, it was in overtime because I remember I got that shot of him. Like I, I saw Pat Kelsey talking to him like, okay, you got this. Like just focus, get ready and all that. It was in overtime. I believe it was like two or three minutes left in the overtime. Well, great. Great coaching move because Famir Ali yes. then goes two for two down the stretch, scores the final four points for Charleston. Charleston's down two, I think, with a minute 19 to go. And Famir Ali goes on a 4-0 run, his first four points of the game, to ice this one. You got the footage of the game winner. And as you mentioned, tough shot. Famir Ali has the ball in his hands, you know, kind of dribbles out the clock. And then goes to the rack, heavily contested, gets the, the shot to go. And then there was still, I think, like 10 seconds left. Yes, there was. And yeah. he plays defense on Presbyterian's top score. Contests. The shot goes off the rim, and Famir Ali gets the rebound, fittingly. Gutsy, gutsy performance from someone who was uh, <laughs> 0 for 12 to start, and then 1 for 13 when they hit the game winner. Crazy. Crazy. I, there's already videos on Instagram and Twitter of, uh, oh, of yeah. underneath the basket when Famir hits that shot, and then Coach Kelsey embracing him afterward. Whoever does that, the Instagram and all that does a phenomenal job. I just have to say on the podcast. Yeah. I don't know who it is, but they do a phenomenal job with their job. Yeah. The video team has really stepped up. The video and social team. Again, just like the Tulane game, Demetrius Underwood, Famir Ali, up to this point, we had been talking about them being shaky in crunch time. And to their credit, we have to give them credit where credit is due. Both these guys were clutch against Tulane, Famir Ali with those those late threes to to blow it open and then in this yep. one those guys combined eight assists to three turnovers so positive assist to turnover ratio Underwood's the go-to guy in regulation he doesn't get the shot to fall uh, and then ali's the guy in crunch time in overtime and gets the game winner credit to those guys for having the mental fortitude to play well when the pressure was on and uh, i think i think it's really cool that both those guys had a chance to to win the game and, and ali gets it after a tough night Exactly. Yeah, I think it's a perfect way to end the a, a game like this. Yeah, very storybook ending for him. Yeah. Anything else from this one? That's it, really. I think just a gutsy win, like we said, and hopefully we can move on from it and focus on Stetson, which is up next. No, uh, no love for Chuck Lampton and his and his three dunks that that energized the crowd. I have to say, Chuck did a really good job today. He got some really tough uh, rebounds, which is. Really good, and those three dunks got the crowd in TD Arena going crazy. Block, block so, some shots, you know, block, block two shots. Yeah. Good for Chuck. Two, yeah. But fouled out, that's the thing. Yeah. He used to <laughs> focus on not getting those fouls and 
staying out of foul trouble because I think he can be a really, really good player. Yeah, especially especially if these guys, if these other bigs are going to miss time, we're going to need Chuck. Yes. The fouls, fouls are still an issue for this team. They play really aggressive defense, but a little too aggressive at times. The, it's the fouls like way away from the hoop that yeah, frustrate the dumb, me the most. Yeah, the off- yeah, off the ball fouls are the most frustrating. Because those are the ones that always you're always angry at when it's the second half and guys have like three and four fouls. It's like, why did you pick up that one two minutes into the game, yeah. 40 feet from the basket or whatever? Well, man, I wanted to ask you, because you are now a senior, you had Earl Grant as the head coach of the basketball program your first three years, and now Pat Kelsey comes in. You mentioned a little bit seeing Presbyterian today kind of was a throwback to the Earl Grant era. But what do you think of Pat Kelsey so far? What do you think of uh, the style of play or the energy or, or anything? I really enjoy it. I really, I really like Pat Kelsey. Like the new, when the news came out that Earl Grant left, it was kind of shocking to everyone. You know, none of us really expected Earl Grant to leave Charleston, especially since he's from North Charleston with the RV Saw High School. And no one really expected him to leave. But when he left, like, we were all kind of shocked. But when Matt Roberts took the great hire and hiring uh, Pat Kelsey, you know, I was excited. He got the city rolling. And, you know, it's working. You know, we're 7-3, and 5-1 and one at home. Only loss is uh, a North Carolina team yeah. that's going to be probably really good. And I'm excited. I, I really like the, the way we play. I like how fast we play. But some things I wish we could fix with Pat Kelsey's team is just like calming down in the second half. Cause I think <laughs> our high pace energy in the first half kind of kills us when it goes in the second half. But I think really, I, I really enjoy this team. I really like the atmosphere. What Pat Kelsey is bringing to Charleston. It's bringing students to come to the crowd. It's bringing families like alumni, like even you, Tommy, I saw you mm-hmm. at the UNC game. Like I I'm excited. I think Pat Kelsey is going to produce a really good Charleston team. And I just can't wait to see, how we do in conference play, you know, we're doing phenomenal in non-conference play. Our only three losses are to two power five teams and a Furman team. That's probably going to get first or second in yeah. their conference. So I'm excited. I love, I love everything about the Pac-Cal Sierra. I want to get the students perspective on this because it does seem like the student section has been absolutely rocking this season. Yes. What do you attribute that to? Is it like kids are no longer quarantined and they're like kind of stir crazy and now they can get out? Is it Pat Kelsey? Is it the fact that we played UNC? What, what do you attribute the, the strong students section to? I think the social media team, whoever runs that social okay. media team does a phenomenal job on trying to get the kids to come out to the games and it's working, you know? Even today, like a lot of kids I know left Friday to go home after their final exams and all that. Yeah, we have two more days at the final exams, but today we had, I think probably 50 kids for a team, like for a game that's over winter break. It's not often you see that many kids show up I think the the players really appreciate us students coming out and supporting them. Yeah, for a game played during an NFL Sunday, during winter break, during exams, during second Sunday on King Street, not a bad crowd at all. I mean, probably more people at the game, at the Presbyterian game, than at Tulane in New Orleans the other day. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, though, because Pat Kelsey being all over social media is way different from Earl Grant, who kept it pretty low yeah profile. Earl Grant was very yeah Earl Grant was very like sheltered like the social media team I love Marlene Marlene's at Auburn now but yeah. they didn't really include like the students like encourage them to come out and you know support the team but now what Pat Kelsey has brought he's made basically Charleston have a new form of like energy so I'm, I'm excited to see 
in the future years when I'm an alumni next year and see what happens with this team because I think this team's going to be very special. Yeah, Pat Kelsey is still just building. And we're, yeah. we're, I've said this before, we're going to take some lumps as he figures out the right guys to to recruit here and to play different positions and to adapt to his system. But you're right, the energy he brings really rubs off on the students, I think. And then you get to go to the game and you see a high-tempo, fast-paced, high-scoring team. Yeah. And then it, you just kind of build off that momentum. It's It's pretty cool. I think it rubs off a little bit too much sometimes, though, especially <laughs> when we had that two-lane game. There's a there's a pretty controversial call, and I remember I was filming the game, and one of the kids in the stands, we had like the signs like that like scares the kids like yeah on the free throw line, <laughs> and one of the kids like threw the sign onto the court. Oh geez, and they had to like pick up like all the signs. Yeah, so hopefully it doesn't do too much, but like that North Carolina game, I think that's the loudest and most intense I've seen. TD Arena in my four years in the College of Charleston. And trust me, I've been in pretty big games of like the Oklahoma State game, the Furman game at home, like some pretty big games. But that was pretty electric that one night. I mean, you were there too, yeah. so Tommy, you saw that as well. You, uh, you're too young to know when Steph Curry came to TD Arena early on, there was a fan who threw a mustard-covered chili dog onto the court. <laughs> tried to I maybe tried to hit uh, Steph Curry or maybe tried to hit a ref, but it was like yeah. a very tense moment. Uh, I think the person was thrown out of the game. But yeah, old older fans all remember the mustard covered chili dog that flew out of the crowd and onto the court and splattered. Luckily nothing like that has happened. A sign falling, you know, whatever. But yeah, yeah. with 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 the rowdiness and the energy, you are gonna get some bad apples in there, but as long as they as long as they don't uh, get like a technical called on the Cougars mm-hmm. or something, it's it's all good. Well, that's that's what we were all worried about because we thought we would get a technical because it was down the stretches when it was tied, and we thought that we were gonna get a technical, maybe get more free throws, but thankfully they didn't call it tech, so <laughs> thankfully we were safe. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, Shay, I'm gonna let you get back to exams, or I guess you're done, but I'm, I'm gonna let you enjoy yeah. your winter break. Really appreciate you coming back on the pod for the first time this year. Uh, anything you want to leave us with? Thank you so much for having me here. Um, come on out to the games, fans. If you're listening, just come on out. Keep coming out. We got Drexel and Delaware coming up on the 29th and the 31st. Some pretty big games. Come on out. Support your Cougars. And let's keep keep bringing TD Arena to be the loudest arena, hopefully. Yeah. But I'm excited. I, I agree. I think that's a, a good promo. Uh, let's make TD the, the best arena in the CAA. I think it already is. It is, yeah, I think so. And it helps to uh, to have someone on the camera who's catching all the best stuff happening. Uh, so props to you, Shay, for, for the job well Thank done on, on Charleston Sports Network. And uh, we'll see you around, man. Thanks again. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you. 